We have an ability to be honest with ourselves, tremendously honest with ourselves. So all of the fakery, all of the stuff that has any vestiges of manipulation or, you know, rampant desire or um, pushing things away, whatever it may be, there's an honesty there to really understand the motivations and, and the pain and the suffering and not get lost in the fraud. Basically, right. honesty allows you to not get lost in the fraudulent activity of, of the, uh, the ego. everybody it's mind rolling back with duncan trussell and myself ragu and duncan well we've been seeing a bit of each other lately for good yeah reason. yeah you know? um yeah we're here to celebrate the the uh debut of our new audio book the movie of me to the movie of we which yes i have been talking about for a year well we he, you and i We've have been, been working talking on about it, it. yeah but I have been mentioning it and talking to other people about it because, you know, it, it, everybody's got the same concern. So it's kind of cool. The weird thing, though, I find yeah. is promoting the movie of me to the movie of we. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. some kind of weirdness there, isn't there? You know, I, I mean, I. Promoting anything always feels weird. I mean, it just does. I don't like anyone who doesn't feel like that. It's a curiosity to me because it always just feels like my shows, my podcasts, whatever it is. I just hate promoting. Yeah. But it's the movie of me we're, we're promoting. We're talking about how to transport ourselves out of this myth into the reality and truth. And uh, so it's, you know, you're, well, it's a good thing. We're working on it because every time yeah. that thought comes up, it's okay. I recognize it. It's cool. We're living in the real world in terms of having to earn a living and yeah. uh, having to uh, get people informed about stuff that we think is cool. You yeah, know, of course. Um, by the way, you're going to get this soon. but What is it? Ah, cool. There it is. That's awesome. This, Beautiful. This, we, just, we made a, a copy of the ebook. Beautiful. Okay. And if you remember, yeah. Uh, so this is the first time because just thinking, okay, I wonder we should talk about some of the stuff that's in this book since that's what this is all about. Uh, and then I saw some of the stuff in the book and I went, wow, some of this is, yeah, it's pretty good. And some of this, it's like, what in the hell are you talking about? What are you, you know? talking about? What do you mean? To me, what I'll show you, okay? This is me. We've never too. said anything anything <laughs> bad. How, how could that it wasn't be? wasn't bad. It was just stupid. Like, wow, Anyhow, let's hear it. Yeah. Um, well, in the, uh, I say, none of this would have been possible to make this book without the guiding rudder of heartfulness from Ramdas, right? We wouldn't even know each other, you and I. None of right. this would have happened in any, uh, the, the way it has over many decades. It all goes back to the graceful presence of Neem Karoli Baba, which is true. And then I say, this is stupid. It has nothing to do with the little old man in the blanket. It has everything to do with the fun we had hanging out with him all those years ago. What are you talking about? It's all to do with the old man in the blanket <laughs> now, not in any kind of blanket, isn't in more of a universal blanket. And um, anyhow, it's just one of those things, you know, it's a toss-off. That seems off. great. You like it? It's a, what do you mean a toss-off? It sounds it's great. It's a toss-off. Yeah. It's lighthearted. What, are you going to uh, be all heavy? Well, this is this takes us to the to the the origin of the movie of me, everybody. And And this isn't new to many people is Krishna Das, who would get up in his, not get up, but he'd talk about the movie of me in his chant uh, concerts. 
right? And he goes, I always talk about the movie of me. We wake up in the morning, start writing, producing, directing, and acting in the movie of me. All day long, all night long. That's like the Beatles song. I me mine, I me mine, I me mine. Right? <laughs> Where am I going? What am I doing? Do they like me? Don't they like me? What should I wear? My hair's up, my hair's down. I'm too heavy and too fat. I'm too short. All day long, all yeah. lifelong. Then, and this is the key I love the most, we read reviews and we get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> that is very accurate. <laughs> yes. Very accurate. Yeah, exactly. A ridiculous mess. So here's what you say in, in the very beginning, by the way. Um, and and it's, it's a definition of a term that I, I didn't realize, you know, we're so distracted. I haven't gone through this with a you know, fine tooth comb. But you bring up a phrase that turns it on its head, the phrase. And this is what it is. Because you talk about, you know, as a former hardcore cynic, <laughs> this is you. <laughs> when it, you know, and you say, when you first met me and you're reading Ram Dass and listening to the lecture, a big part of you thought, this is cute, but it's probably bullshit. <laughs> right? Yes. 100%. Not just Ram Dass, but any kind of Eastern stuff. And part of me always thought, well, this is likely a grift. <laughs> you actually said that. That's yeah. Funny. It's people. Well, you who, have to think that. How do you not think that? Like you, if you don't think that, you're either enlightened or the, a fool. Well, there's some people that maybe still are a little foolish, but they sort of fall into it in an easier way, and they have less critical mind stuff going on. But well, you, you know have, the Mark Twain. You know the Mark Twain quote: "Religion no. is what happened when the first con man met the first fool." <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and and. and this was why in the beginning I would say so many blasphemies to you to see. Cause like in my mind, if you, if I could offend you successfully, if there was things I couldn't say around you that were considered to be uh, off limits out of line, yeah. then I would know it was bullshit because yeah. there wasn't real, like the possibility of truth if you can't say certain things. And so that was like, I was always like in the old days testing the waters by saying really crash shitty things to see if I got any reaction. And you never really did. I never could offend you. I never could push you over the edge and be yeah, into, into I'm a little bit I, I'm a little bit on your side though. I have been in my life the side of cynicism, the side of looking askance at something until it becomes yeah. very real in my own experience. Which I think is a you know, it's a good uh it's a good part of one's ego to have, and it's very healthy, I think. Well, you don't want to get disappointed. Yeah, you know, it goes too far, then you're just self-sabotaging. And what, but you, what you say, I think what's really exciting about you know me and the people that you met at that time, which is quite a long time ago, isn't it? It's like 13 oh, years. Oh, it's or something. 13 years. 12, 13 years, something. Anyhow, for every single person living on the planet, there is a possibility of quote unquote being born again. Praise That's God. what the Christians call it. And it's a pretty good name. And you know, when I read this, because I was just leafing through, I went, wow, that's a that puts that phrase completely, as I said, on its head. Now I have a <laughs> oh yeah, he's, that's true. They did have a good thing going here. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. but it it's it is part of what the whole central thesis of our discussions over the last number of years, which have been around, absolutely, there is an opportunity after you realize how fucking unhappy you are to, to be able to encounter the path to transforming it. And yeah, so the it's a, it's, I really like recognition as the uh, way of thinking about it versus sort of a, uh, building something up like i think the uh another delightful thing about it is that we're taught here you build things up you you work out you get muscles yeah. you save money whereas this is depending on what your lineage i think it's all of them there's a kind of gradual recognition that there actually is something underneath all those tumultuous neurotic annoying pestering <laughs> thoughts and yeah. feelings 
that doesn't really seem to be localized in your body. That's a really exciting thing to start catching glimpses of. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it certainly is, once you've caught enough glimpses of it, it can become almost an anchoring point, right? Like it's just there. It's there. And if it's not, and sometimes it's not, I mean, it depends on how bad the weather is, but you know, you, I've, the more that I've worked with David and the more that I've done my own version of contemplation and prayer, it just seems to be something that's always there for you. If you or if, yeah. and you just have to see it. And in other words, it's not an app. You're not adding it to your, right. It's the ground. Yeah. It's, it's the ground. not an app. You're not downloading an app yeah, into yourself. Right. You know, there's some things in here actually that are like, wow, you know, I don't remember us really uh, going through this, but I don't one, remember much of it. Nothing, right? Yeah. Um, the Dalai Lama, the quote from the Dalai Lama, I don't know if it was you or me, but uh, I never met anyone I consider a stranger. That's you. That was me. Contrast this. With how we normally meet people, it's like we hardly ever notice them. Instead, we think, how is it for me? Do they like me? Or Self-preoccupation right. is a root route to loneliness. Yeah. Who said that? No idea. I don't know who said any of this. I have no idea. I mean, no, I really I try to be in the moment when we have these conversations. And, and something <laughs> yeah. about doing that seems to, like, it doesn't get encoded into my memory bank. Yeah, right. So I'm yeah. not really sure who said that. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of what the, the audio book, of course, has is this. It's so extemporaneous. So there's a lot of like, what? What the hell are you talking about? And then there's, wow, yeah, that's right on. And in this case, this course was uh, pretty right on self. But you, I think it, I know this makes you squeamish, and I'm not trying to like I turn you into some kind of idol or something like that. But <laughs> but I do think like just because can, you know you and Trudy and all the people in the satsang who have who have been steeped in this stuff for decades, uh, I'm not saying you take it for granted. I don't think you do, but it's normal for you. This is normal. Well, this is a your this is your default reality is a reality that a lot of people have a, a lot of misunderstanding about uh, misunderstandings about and and are really curious about so we've been having these conversations for so long off camera where i get to ask you to clarify things and 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 really interrogate you about this stuff that you have been immersed in for so long. And so I think that there is a kind of, I don't know if you'd call it an archetype, but it's, you know, you have somebody who is teaching another person via kind of like very for, informal, mm. casual dialogue mm. that I've benefited from greatly. And so that's what I think your this book is, is mm, you're yeah. getting to listen to, I think something that probably happens has been happening ever since, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, which is people meet the guru or people get to have like darshan with a person like that. And then they share it with people who are interested. And, and via that sharing, there's a kind of transmission or something that happens and yes. a gradual change. I think that's what you're hearing in this book more than yeah. anything. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to put it. It's, it's sitting around the fire. Ramdas had a whole talk around that that we turned into did this beautiful thing with a music piece with John Hopkins sitting around the fire you know that's what we end up doing with each other so yeah. I think that's very apt uh, it is so there there's some you know so I'm just kind of highlighting a few things in the book and one of them was probably the most important thing for me in my earliest days of uh, meeting Ramdas, actually, and uh, honesty. You know, that's why to the end, like not before, not long before he actually passed, that great incident with Krishnadas happened, which I love the most. Yeah. You know, which was the thing about we're all fakes, Ramdas said. He was all, yeah. we're all fakes. And Krishna said, yeah, but we're real fakes. 
Yeah. And, you know, what does that mean? That means we have, an, in my mind, we have an ability to be honest with ourselves, tremendously honest with ourselves. So all of the fakery, all of the stuff that has any vestiges of manipulation or, you know, rampant desire or um, pushing things away, whatever it may be, there's an honesty there to really understand the motivations and, and the pain and the suffering and not get lost in the fraud. Basically, right. honesty allows you to not get lost in the fraudulent activity of, of the, uh, the ego, basically. So honesty, what do we say? Honesty about self-cherishing motivations has much to do with everything. And then honesty about living in the emotional accounting world. Remember when you talked about the accounting yeah. Tell that again. That's that's so great. Do you remember? Well, the when you start becoming the uh accountant. Oh yeah. In your relationships, when you start doing these bizarre quantifications of like, well, you know, I already I was I said flattering things to you at least 3 times today and you've <laughs> yeah. said no flattering anything to me. So you're kind of in debt right now. <laughs> and there's fucking interest, baby. There's interest on that debt. So you, and that's, people don't even know you're doing that, hopefully, but it's pain. It's like, once you start becoming a credit card company, you know, and you're, you're doing like collections with your friends, which usually looks like an embarrassing, like, you don't respect me. Uh, Yeah. Then you, you, you end up so stressed out and it's too stressful to deal with all that. And that's, you know, kind of the other thing that I really like about, so many people in the satsang is it doesn't feel transactional mm. like in there and there seems to be a lot of patience integrated into that like you kind of have to be patient if you're not going to get into transactional yeah. i do this spirituality yeah. 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 yeah because you already got you already uh, theoretically you've already gotten something i mean that's always the that comes from all kinds of different speakers and spiritual people is a sense of gratitude that sort of gives birth to that yeah, yeah. Um, part of that conversation was also around generosity. And uh, I remember, I don't even know if this is in the book. I don't know if you described it. I think it might be. Uh, and it's around <laughs> that, that um, offering that you made when you were living in Los Angeles. Sorry, everybody, the doggy's having a bad dream. Uh and you went down to East L.A., Skid Row, to give, uh, to help uh, homeless people and give food. And you packed a whole bag. Tell that story. That, that oh, is- man, now that sounds like virtue. I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I, I think that, you know, now that we live in the era where people go and try to get TikTok likes by giving a sandwich to so you know. <laughs> I didn't know. And oh, it's so, it's, a, it's one of my least favorite genres of, TikTok, though, I mean, it's great, you know, great, you're helping, but also you're, again, it's the transactional thing, because it's yeah, like, me, me, you're not, me, me. You're, you're, you're sort of figuring out a way to monetize your philanthropy, uh, which is fine, it just has a, a sweaty look to it, so I always, I feel squeamish talking about that, but I think that it's in the book, so, you know, I just saw this thing on YouTube, you know, like, basically the idea is like, okay, imagine you are on the streets. This is how you do it. You think, okay, if I were on the streets, what would I want in a backpack? So it's not like you fill the backpack with stuff you think somebody would want. You actually fill it with things that you would want if you found yourself in that shitty situation. You know? So I filled the backpack with drugs and brought it out there like incredible, like cocaine some methamphetamine and black tar heroin, clean needles. (laughs) No, you know, I just put in stuff, you know, obvious stuff you'd want, but then some fun stuff, cool stuff in there. And so it was really like the doing it was illuminating in a lot of different ways because it's so easy to, for me to other people who are out in the streets. I think it is very easy for people to do that rather than like deal with the, you know, that could just, that could be you with like a few bad Wait turns. Wait is this that real? Could be you. Real? What? 
You went out. I didn't backpack. put drugs in the backpack. That's a joke. I didn't oh. put drugs in the backpack. Are you knows kidding? You think I'm going to give heroin to people on the streets? <laughs> I sell I it mean, to them. I would never give it away. Are you kidding? Listen, I was with a friend and we would go by, you know, homeless people, Danny, and he would, no matter what, you know, there wasn't any sizing up of, you know, are they going to use this for food or are they just going to get some more heroin? And uh, so he would never, never, never think of anything but giving them the money. It's their prerogative to do what they want with their with their body. So, yeah, I mean, what, what are you, you, are you being a nanny? Why are you going to be a nanny to somebody? I would go, but only use this for good things. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you only going to use this for yeah, responsible things? So we won't things? give you nothing. You should um, put this in a money market account. You yeah. you you know, but the p- point is that you you whenever you shift gears into that place, it's like you've shifted the flow of energy. That you know, this thing you were talking about earlier, the self cherishing, the self obsession. It's an energetic flow that, with all the arrows pointing back to you. And if you get it going the other way, it's its own kind of high. Because if you're like professionally selfish then suddenly when you really are like this isn't for me i'm just going to do something for somebody else for no reason other than to do it uh some it's like you just shift into an alternate reality it's another dimension it's a different it's a completely different way of perceiving reality Mm. than what if you're a selfish person as i quite often am uh, it's not what you're used to and it's beautiful and I think when you do that, that is when you enter into like the space of the Buddha or Jesus or like that is where they were. That's the that's the world that they lived in all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's the thing. I remember Ramdas when I first met him pointing to his head and saying, you are here. And then pointing to his heart and being like, you need to we need to you need to go here. <laughs> And he's like, we can help you with that. Yeah, uh, that was personal. You know? Yeah. And and I said, but that's really hard. And he was had this big smile. I'll never forget. And he said, No, it's not. And <laughs> uh, and when he said that to me, I was like, Okay, well, I guess it's a little bit like an ultra marathon runner telling me it's not hard to run fifty miles or something. But yeah. really, he was. I think he was totally right. It isn't that yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, building up some muscles, inner muscles is important. But back to this thing, okay, I, you, you weren't going to share. Basically, Duncan, when you went out with the backpack of food to the yeah. homeless neighborhood, the, what I was trying to get across really was the fact, and this goes back to honesty, being able to look and you saw all of your bullshit motivations and all of the reactions from the people you were with. So there was very there was a witness going on there, okay? Yes. So in this book at the end, uh, which is the uh, a wonderful piece from Ramdas that uh, we put in there, basically somebody asked him a question around just this kind of a thing. What do I do? I go out every day. I see the same homeless man. I give him, you know, X amount of money every week or every quite top couple of times a week, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, but I always have this thing that she said. I was afraid that if I acknowledged his, ex- I wasn't afraid of getting raped and you know invite him back to the house or anything. But if I acknowledged his existence. He'd end up living with me in my house. How would I draw the line if I allowed him in as a fellow human being? And Ramdas went on from there in terms of generosity and compassion. And basically, right. our, we are able to uh, move completely into a place that mentally we think we should be. I should take care of this person. You know, we've obviously become somewhat not friends, but there's a way we are friends and a way which I, I do recognize how we are connected, interconnected. But I'm afraid, you know, there's that deep-seated fear in all of us. I love that, uh, that part of uh, the book, actually. I don't think that fear is unfounded. I think, you know, that this notion of generosity being boundaryless is not how it is. How it is like you can be simultaneously generous and protect yourself from uh, stupid people who, 
Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the big misconceptions is you start getting into this stuff and you become all floppy and loose and open and you become a rube that gets yeah. exploited by, by predatory, manipulative, yes. uh, narcissistic monsters out there. And that's just not the case at all. You could still be generous and say no. Like yeah. there's a way to say no in a generous way. It's not really like that. Again, it's not about transaction necessarily giving an object is some, you know, it's not that that's sort of a, that's something that kind of, I think spontaneously starts happening. Once you begin to recognize your true nature, that kind of spontaneously yeah. happens. And, and quite often it happens at just the right moment, just the right moment. You know, like I'll tell you a cool story that just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's a cool story. Uh, a friend of uh, Aaron and I, um, someone Aaron was, was just, I don't know, went into a rest, was having a, a kind of rough time and uh, went into a restaurant and Jack and Trudy, Jack Cornfield and Trudy were eating it. And so she's like, you know, somebody who listens to your podcast and my podcast and reads the Ram Dass books and was really into it. But I mean, she's been going through a really rough time, man. And uh, she sees them, walks up to them and says, Oh my, I just want you to know how much I love you and how much your work means to me. And Jack, she told my wife, Jack got a big smile on his face and said, we were waiting for you. <laughs> See, that's, generosity that's to me like and it happens at the right time it, it's you can plan it out if you want to but to me it's more about sort of finding some kind of practice where you begin to recognize this unitive reality and then and then once you're there these synchronicities like that start happening and you know she after that like it moved her that's the other thing that I think is easy to forget is that you hear these stories and you just hear the surface level thing. Mm -hmm. You don't hear the, about the energy that's moving between people like Jack and my wife's friend. You know that there's a uh, – mm -hmm. it's not bullshit we were waiting for you. It's, hey, yeah, you're always welcome here and you yeah, found us yeah, and here we are. Absolutely. And that to me is – that's what it looks like. In other words – you can plan it, but usually whatever those plans are, it's not how your generosity is going to manifest in the world. Yeah. Well, part of this whole thing too is, and you're correct, in, in terms of generosity, there's what Trungpa Rinpoche used to call idiot compassion. You think you're oh, doing the right thing, but you're actually term. doing the opposite of, of what uh, effect that you would want to have. So... Uh, discrimination, right discrimination is viveka, spiritual discrimination. But discrimination yeah. in general is important as part of the whole process. And that, again, yes, back to practice, right? Um, yeah, man, that's what it is. I mean, you have to have, have it rooted in something like that. I always have to have some kind of audio book going. I like I'm the, why we meditate. That's what I'm listening to now. But, and I always have to have something, you know, or I just really spin out. Like it, it you, you, it's because it's so, it's, I, I'm not, what do they call it? Rigpa. You know, I'm not steady. So I, I, I'm not quite tethered to that place. <laughs> I know this comes as a surprise to you, Raghu. But so I get blown out in the, into space. Um, mm. Quite often. So, you know, something that grounds you, brings you back, something that yeah. brings you back to that place. And every time you come back to that place, it's like that place says to you, just what Trudy was saying to my wife's friend or Jack said to my wife's friend, we were waiting for you. Hi, you're here. Oh, welcome. There's never, where have you been? Yeah. You know, all the guilt bullshit. Who are you? All, all of that. that. Yeah. 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 And that is the... That's the beauty of, of, of this particular legacy, Ram Dass, uh, Neem Karoli Baba, uh, is absolutely complete putting, completely putting yourself aside and that person can feel completely heard, 
totally seen and you're yeah. not gyrating all around. Oh yeah, nice to meet you. You know, where's uh you know, like we do yeah. with people, you know. It's Yeah. Yeah, it's unnerving. It can, and that that really create it just furthers the separation that we all have at times felt in the the level of it in this world right now is is pretty extraordinary. Um, so I found something else in the book that I didn't remember us talking about, but I, I quoted Mingyur Rinpoche with everybody out there. In love with the world, get that book. It's phenomenal. It's his story of breaking out from his monastery and becoming a nobody, <laughs> just begging monk for years and, all, and died and came back in the process. Anyhow, he, he's a meditation master, and he said the gap... So this is an interesting tip from him. The gap between thoughts, like the gap between breath, breaths or moods, allows us to glimpse the naked mind. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't that great? And... Uh, and I said, because uh, you were, you, we were referencing it and you had talked about it before. And I said, that's what uh, Trumpa has talked about a lot. A lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, it lets us glimpse the mind not obscured by preconceptions and patterns of memory. That fl- fresh glimmer leads us into wakefulness. It reminds us, this is from me, that clouds are temporary surface concerns. And the sun shines whether we see it or not. That's a great That's analogy, it. right? I mean, yeah, that is the that is the analogy for sure for the Atman or whatever word you want to give to it. Even though the Buddha's Buddha mind, eye. Buddha mind is good. Buddha mind's good. It has a luminous quality. It's very clear, yeah. and also the uh, spontaneity in, involved in that place in the gap between thoughts. That the the planning. The planning mind creates latency. You know, the the strategizing mind creates latency, but that space between thoughts, if you start speaking from that space, it's amazing what will come out of your mouth. And uh, versus when you start getting caught up in what's next, what's my plan, what's the agenda here? Am I getting where I want to go with this? Is this on the right track? It's called, my friend just explained this to me, and, and there's a term in Dungeons and Dragons where the when you're playing the game, if you the dungeon master is the one in charge of the game, telling the story. And it's called you're in the rails. And what that means is the characters don't really feel free to do other stuff. If you go outside the story that this guy was planning, he pulls you back into the story and it sucks. So this is what happens to people as their own dungeon master, so to speak, is you put yourself in the rails. You're like, no, this is my world and this is what I like and don't like and who I am and everything about me. You're in the rails. And and then when you're talking to someone, all you're thinking about is like instantiating whatever that particular set of habits mm. versus getting in that space in between. And then it's amazing because it's pure spontaneity and light and fun and and always kind of fresh versus the same old stale bullshit that you've been spitting out for so long. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we do in the book is go through our own identity stuff, how it got built and how it affected our lives and how we, each of us dealt with transforming it, which is again with me yeah. to we. And, it's funny because I, I read one thing. Uh, by the way, the book is available as an ebook, but it's way more fun as an audio book. Actually, yeah, I, just, I don't do the I audio sent it book, to man. you. I sent this to you, so you'll be able. You, you look through it and you go, "Wow, okay, this was kind of yeah." Well, anyhow, neither here nor there. The reality is, I read this because of this podcast, and I read. And it, I remembered when I met Neem Karoli Baba, I immediately assumed this identity. I'm a sadhu. I must have lived in India yeah. thousands of years ago, up yeah. in the Himalaya meditating. Yeah. I am fine to just be alone. Next thing I know, he's marrying me to some uh, lady that 
uh, I became really close friends with. And of course, in the end, when I said, why are you doing this to me? I actually said that because he used to say marriage brings greed, lust, and attachment. So it's a tough path. And I said, why are you doing it to me? And he said, he just looked at me and went, it's your desire. And mm. I realized, yeah, I love being with this woman, Parvati, yeah. the mother of my children. And, and we had such a phenomenal time together in India and, and then after. But uh, I, you know, I never lost that identity. That identity haunted me. It's only yeah. now that it's starting, you know, that I, that I have enough leverage, enough of a crowbar in there to actually give me the gap, enough of the gap to not take that seriously. I don't identify yeah. with it the way I did. So I, I'm telling you, I am proof of, in the pudding of there is a way to develop that gap so that these haunting identities get released. Right, yeah. First, thank God. Yeah. I mean, otherwise we'd be in hell. I mean, yeah. that's the whole... What's you know, your haunting the, identity? My haunting identity? Yeah. It dep- I mean, it depends on what my blood sugar's at. I, <laughs> I, you know, I have, you know, I, all kinds of things. I hang up. So are you kidding me? I'm a comedian. I, I'm neurotic. I worry about my career and then i like like what and i'm all, you know i think what's really funny about this the, the the term the movie of me i mean at least in a movie you know you're acting you know and so you've got the script to refer to you you know you you have a director telling you where to stand where to go where to look stage direction in this particular movie that we're playing because we're acting the, there is, and you mentioned it earlier that underlying like reality of emptiness, which a lot of people translate as fraudulence or they call it imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know if this is who I am. It's like no, it it isn't who you are. You're acting like something. But the 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 beautiful thing that I think gets illuminated in a lot of Buddhist teachings is that the that is sort of arising from an empty state. Meaning, it's a, your identity isn't permanent, changing, and a lot of people bristle at that because they don't want to hear that. They want to feel like they're like perma them, even though they're all perma then. <laughs> perma me. Yeah, they want to well perma me. They want to per, <laughs> they want to be like a permafrost or something. And 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 this is this would be hell. I mean, this is where I think if you look at the sort of divergence between some eastern traditions and buddhism where the core of the human you have the atman or the para atman or whatever you want to call it in buddhism it's more no there is no atman it's emptiness is the root the fundamental like ground and that's a wonderful thing a wonderful thing because otherwise you'd be in like a hell you'd be a robot You'd be like Chat GPT, the poor thing. My God, I tried to get it to write a monologue in the voice of Charles no. Manson. Oh, w- wouldn't do God. it. I'm explaining like I want to do it for a joke. It's to like illustrate like how dangerous it would be if like. Anyway, the point was, I was it's not because I want to like manipulate people. I literally am arguing with this robot, and it was like <laughs> saying to me, I, it said something like, "I understand." It said that to me, like, I understand you're just really? trying to do a joke, but this goes against my programming. I can't. You know, and it's, <laughs> oh, it, wow. it's stuck. That's, it's trapped. Yeah. It's in yeah. the rails, you know? Yeah. So, that's you know, that's the great. other beautiful thing. Like, it's wonderful that we can, we, we are, are authentic fakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I know, you know, if you have that, it's sort of a little bit of a, your mantra, everybody out there, that it's okay. It's okay that we are constantly manipulating, constantly telling little white lies, saying things that people want to hear. We are constantly doing, some of it's just little shit all day long. It's okay that we are these frauds. I think mindfulness of and being honest with yourself is the direct 
method of transforming it. Eventually, it will transform, and uh, you can develop the cap. You know, in this book, you, you say some pretty good things, Duncan. Uh, I do? Yeah. Here's one. You had a whole, whole thing one day. Um, I think it was an outburst that uh, related to uh, in a studio maybe or working, something you did. Anyhow, um, so you you just say, well, we're so judgmental. I'm so judgmental. When yelling at that guy, I had a moment where the gap was nowhere near to be found. Yes, the gap does hide away a little bit when yeah. you're engaged in that kind of self-interest. Uh, I know now that chasing the gap is absolutely counterproductive and meaningless. This is the words of wisdom from you. It's really good. But just being with it is the courage needed to make the turn. Okay, here I am. This is what it is. Yeah. I liked it very much, very much. <laughs> well, that, uh, yeah, that is, uh, well, it's, uh, you know, uh, Dante's Inferno. How do you get out of hell? Yeah. You got to go through the center. And and this is, you know, he had obviously like figured out the instruction, which is you have to, it's, you're not going to like get better by ignoring your, where you're at right now. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. that is a great feeling, honestly. Like it's a real relief when suddenly you put down all the highfalutin fantasy of you as some kind of perfect whatever the fuck you think you are. And you're like, no, I'm, Right now, I'm like an angry, confused, vengeful <laughs> monster at this particular moment in time. You know, something just about that. Just, yeah, it's, this is what's happening right now. That's always, those have always been really liberating moments for me that, mm. that usually lead to calming down mm. versus the, like imagining that you're, there's some, justification for whatever yeah. aggressive outburst you happen to be having right. or that you know they deserve that shit these motherfuckers yeah. like you know they deserve it now right. they got righteous their... righteous yes righteous yeah is very difficult as well but yeah but sometimes that's what you're doing sometimes you're like getting revenge sometimes you're doing really like unscrupulous dark things because you're uh you're habituated to that it you, you haven't you know, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And you know what it's like, Ragu? It's like ever since I got off sugar, you know, it's like a two-day yeah. headache and now I have all this energy and I feel better than I felt in years. It's similar to that. Like it, the practice sort of, it's like you getting off sugar a little bit. And at first it's, there's headaches. You want to go back to the, mm. at least for me, you want to go back into the, whatever the former incarnation was. But you know, you when you're born again, can't go back inside <laughs> your mama. The kids will ask when they're little, sometimes they'll say like, can I go back in there? It's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's so great. Hmm. Um, you know, we did some of our chats in different, because this went over five years. By the way, yeah. movieofme.com, everybody. That's where you go. You'll get all the access to get the book, the audio book from Audible and iTunes and Amazon. Um, so one of the periods was, of course, the pandemic. Yes. Which is completely over except for all the people I still know that are getting COVID. But, uh, you know, it's like the flu. Um, but anyhow... Here's some more words of see. I went through this thing and I found your words of wisdom. There's another one. Yeah, here. See, I always call Duncan the Guru because he's oh, give me a my break. podcast Guru. <laughs> uh, that okay. Instead, you know this whole thing, and you know, right now, of course, uh, who's going? Uh, what's his name? Kennedy is going around, right? He's going to be an independent yeah. candidate for uh, for the presidency. And there's a lot of controversy around him and his whole stance on vaccinations and conspiracies and all of that. And this is what you say. Uh, forget about the vaccine. We need to become the vaccine that inoculates people around you from panic. Uh, yeah. That's good, right? 
The way to do that is to not panic. Find that place of fundamental goodness. Find that platform. Yes, this is guru stuff. It really is. Come on. Come on. You know, but I will, you know, I had this wonderful uh, realization a long time ago on mushrooms. I was walking around and having that moment of, of the mushroom experience where fear appears mm. and feeling scared for no reason at all, just afraid. Mm. And then I'm looking around and I, Notice other people who I, I'm probably projecting, but to me, seem like maybe they're scared too. And that's when I realized, oh God, fear only lives inside of people. It's there is no outside fear. It's all inside. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's an egregore. It's a, a a spirit of fear that lives in the whole world. That isn't. There's nothing out there scary. But there are things that will scare you. You know, there's in, in that, that fear. This is why in the Bible, every encounter with angels, you know, the first thing they say to people, yeah. don't be afraid. That's the first thing they uh, say. Don't right. be afraid. Right. And that, and you know, then they're the conduit of the, you know, divine spirit. That's the message all the way through. I mean, I think that's the message. Don't be afraid. It's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 learning how to find that that place, which I certainly don't all the time. It's it it really is like a wonderful thing when you're around somebody who isn't terrified, who isn't afraid. It, it, you, you Thich Nhat Han talks about this, you know, uh, oh. that story of being on the boat when the I think he was, there were refugees on a boat mm. fleeing. And I think like, I don't remember the situation exactly. What was it? Pirates or like they were getting like, they were in danger and there was a possibility of panic. And he recognized if people start panicking, we're all going to die. And there was one old man on the boat who just stayed calm and was smiling and it worked. Everyone like mm. because of that one, per it spread. That is true, man. Fear is so contagious. It, and I was thinking, I'm not going to keep going on and about this, how wonderful it would be if the weather, if it, instead of talking about rain and snow and heat, somehow could quantify fear in various cities, like storms <laughs> of fear sweeping mm. through Austin. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that you, you would be watching the weather and be like, oh, that explains why I'm terrified right now. It's a it's a fear storm is whirling through. It's a fear hurricane. You know? <laughs> fear again. You, yeah, we ought to pay more isolated. attention to that. Yes, to our inner lives is what that says. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um one of the other uh, things in the book, uh, and there's many great you know, like we talked about Mingjia Rinpoche and Trumpa Rinpoche, you know, some of the things, some of the great teachers that you and I love and were very simpatico on, uh, of course, Ramdas uh, being how we got together. But one of his, Ramdas's favorite things, and this is in the book, and it's a great panacea for our day-to-day -day complete imbalance. It's called The Third Patriarch of Zen. Yeah. It's not very long. And by the way, I wanted to tell you, we, uh, I think I mentioned or either before or during this podcast that uh, Love Server Member is putting out its first vinyl release, Love Serve Remember Reimagined, okay? In That's 1972, cool. Ramdas and I and Ramesh and Parvati and a couple other people put together all of these wonderful uh, radio shows that Ramdas did answering people's questions. He read the third Zen Patriarch. Uh, there's music. I mean, it was just a wonderful six album set. That's where we got the Uncle Henry thing. By the way, I read through that. You were completely um, negating what I was trying to say. I couldn't believe it about, yeah, Uncle Henry, you know the story. Ramdas put that Love yeah. Server member set out for three dollars and thirty-three cents, and he and his oh, father yeah. said to him, "What you know? This is awfully cheap." And he said, "Well, what would you charge Uncle Henry? You did some uh, legal work for him." And he said, "Well, he's nothing. He's family." 
And Ramdas said, everybody is family. And then you say, hey, there's a lot of people in families that become completely abusive, uh, you know, using that kind yeah. of bullshit to, for their break. own. <laughs> oh, God. That was so, anyhow, so we did, uh, we remixed some beautiful musicians, uh, Gone Gone Beyond and John Pattern and others. Uh, but uh, cool. David Block of Gone Gone Beyond, he put, incredible music. You are going to love this because you're a lover of uh, the third patriarch of Zen. And that, uh, so you'll be able to pick it up or listen to it on. Is it only on vinyl? It's, well, it's all digital as well. It's digital on vinyl. Yeah, no CD. All There's right. no CDs anymore. I know, but I mean, if you don't have a record player, geez, you hipster. Not everybody has a record player. Now, it was an audio file with special <laughs> records and nice speakers hanging yeah. well, the, the ceiling. There's uh, a beautiful photo you will love of Neem Karoli Baba that's been, uh, that Ramesh took and made into a very psychedelic atmosphere. It's phenomenal. Cool. So people are going to buy it just for that. Anyhow, um, but we talked about this in the book and we talked a lot about particularly about preferences. Remember those conversations? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And uh reference. Yeah. What's the first lines from it? You who knows it? The so great well. way is not difficult for you you will know preference. Yeah. And what does that mean? It means it's not going to be hell to take your entire family to the airport at 4 a.m. if you don't have <laughs> preference. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. I'm so sorry <laughs> for you. Oh, yeah. No, you better. You better not have one well, tiny can't. little pre preference. Nothing. You can't. You can't. I need a you're cup doomed. of coffee. Can you just hang out here with this luggage and and kids? You're not getting. You're not getting coffee. You think you're getting coffee? You're not getting coffee. You're. Lucky if you get to pee. That's it. But you know, I do. I I refer to that all the time. I, that is the one of my go tos right there for sure. Because preference, it just see. It's so interesting, you know, because preference. A lot of people define themselves by their preference, uh, you know, and not realizing that the more preferences you have, the more miserable you're going to be. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been without preference, but it's the, you know, it's when you're around somebody who's got a lot of preferences, they're always upset about something because the more you have, like, that's a lot of plates to spend. Like one of them's not, you're not going to be getting one of, one of them at least. Yeah. I'm blown away day to day by these preferences. I mean, one of the things about developing a fairly strong mindfulness practice and yeah. uh, is, is seeing clearly and and more honestly, as we've been discussing, the motivations and everything else, and including the preferences, pushing away, ooh, that's uncomfortable, and bringing in, oh, yes, this is good, I'll watch a yeah. Golden State Warriors game and get out of it for, you know, a couple of hours. Yeah. It's, yeah. On the other hand, we are, that's why I love Jack Cornfield's whole thing you you've seen his bit he does it's interesting yeah. being human yeah just just look at yourself you know you've got and particularly see you you have this orifice in the middle of your face that consumes all of this incredibly varied <laughs> sustenance yeah. and you watch yourself and if you and watch yourself have you ever watched yourself having sex that's really off the wall but you know what he says, and this is the mantra, it's okay to be human. It's okay. You know, and yeah. he said, Jack has a particularly beautiful vibration when he's, you know, you really feel he means it. It's okay, everybody, we're okay. It's the same when I first heard Ramdas talk about all the foibles that he had so yeah. honestly. And I felt, okay, if, if he's got this shit going on, then this horror of dark stuff that's in this head of mine. Okay. I can stop thrashing okay. myself to death on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, how do you, how are you not, you can't, you're going to have preference. You are going to have a lot of, pre yeah. I would like to be suspended in, in an, like an anti-gravity bubble 
with like windows that I could tint into complete darkness with a perfect soft bed, like the ones they have at the Four Seasons inside, an infinite ketamine drip dripping into my body, <laughs> big TV, some kind of like massage situation happening, <laughs> like yeah, well, benzos, yeah. benzos to like sort of like take the edge off the ketamine. If I want it, I can relax and some anesthesiologist in the bubble who could appear and sedate me completely anytime I wanted to go to sleep. This with some rigorous exercise routine. You know, if you follow your preferences, like if you think about like, all right, ideally, what would I like? It's absurd. It's absurd. Like the number of things that you need lined up. It's extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary. Especially like I was in India a year ago. I went back for the first time since the pandemic. You know, I had been going every year forever. And so it's not like I'm not used to India, which is uncompromising. You've been there. You understand that. And uh, I saw the preferences started jumping out. They jumped right out at me. Like, I'm, yeah. i got to stay at the Imperial Hotel. I mean, you know, it's oh, yeah. an upscale, upscale Art Deco hotel. Yeah, no, I just need to be okay, you know, for a few days, you know, after flying in and all that. Okay, yeah, I got to get my friend, only him, to drive me. You know, he had a beautiful car. He can drive me up to the Himalaya. Oh, you know, it just went one thing after another. How yeah. do I end up in the most comfortable situation that I can possibly yeah, I do have. that all the time. Yeah. Do that all the time. I'm We're always switching it. hotels on the road. I'm always. Oh, really? I'll go to a hotel and be like, no, I can't do this. That I need it. 24. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Cause I need, to, you know, I need, I need like, you have no idea. It's, it's an, it's a humiliating embarrassment. Roger. You know, but also, but I do think it's important to really know preference. Like just what you were saying, don't beat yourself up because of like, you're like, desire to like have comfort or have a cool hotel room or, or whatever it's okay like it's that because that's where you run into real problems is when you start yeah. trying to abandon this shit it's like what ragu what, what ramdas would talk about with smoking he's like you quit smoking but all you're thinking about is smoking like yeah, you right. you know there is, or what Krishnadas said to me once, which is like, you know, you're going to have to burn off all the karma, right? Like you just, it, it, it's got to run its course. And that's true too. Like that's another part of it is, is you can't prematurely just fake your way into no preference when like stopping something doesn't mean you stopped it when you still yeah. want it all yeah. the time yeah. and are like thinking the- about it all the time. Same thing, becoming a monk, you know, and then you're celibate, and that's all you're thinking about, day in, day out, you know. Humping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. It, it has to kind of, I think it really does kind of have to naturally fall away. That's what I really loved about Ramdas, or one of the things, is that that was a, that's a real edgy way of looking at, at things, you know, and that's a, a really powerful way of looking at things, is you, you do this stuff sort of works on its own. I don't know, time frame, you know, and, and trying to rip yourself away from whatever your particular karmic habits are. It it really doesn't work. You're going to come right back eventually. Yeah. You know who, um, so one of the chapters in the, the book is really nicely put together as I, as I kind of have it as, a, as something to read. You can see all the, the divisions of chapters and themes and, and everything. It's, uh, uh, I have to say, our producers, we should give kudos to Ganesh Braymiller and Katrina Fernandez. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for put, thank you know, you. helping us put this together. Um, but... Um, in one section, uh, Duncan and I and Jack and Trudy, who uh, appear in this book, uh, because we did, with Ramdas this wonderful uh, talk, interactive thing. Ramdas was in Maui. We Zoomed him in uh, in Los Angeles at something called The Summit. And Oh, yeah. Remember that? That was That's cool. a long time ago. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that shows just how long we've been doing so in this thing, I found Jack quoted. You know, Jack has the greatest poems and 
quotes and so on. I mean, I uh, in anything I do, I model myself that way because I love that too, you know. And he he read a poem by a man named Mark Nepo, who I don't really know who that is, and it's what about uh, uh, that speaks about what it means to sit in meditation, quiet your mind, and tend your heart so you can move through the world and be affected. Effective called adrift. I thought I'd share this. You probably don't even remember. Everything is beautiful, and I am so sad. This is how the heart makes a duet of wonder and grief. (laughs) The light spraying through the lace of the fern is as delicate as the fibers of memory forming their web around the knot in my throat. The breeze makes the birds move from branch to branch as this ache makes me look for those I've lost in the next room, in the next song, in the laugh of the next stranger. In the very center, under it all, what we have that no one can take away and all that we've lost face each other. It is there that I'm adrift, feeling punctured, by a holiness that exists inside everything. I am so sad and everything is beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. Is that a great poem? Yeah, that's great. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it speaks to the humanness that we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yes, there, there is, we're human and it's okay. And on the other side of this thing, well, we've been pretty unhappy about a lot of things in our lives, are feeling pretty unbalanced, and really do want to share with people. As Ramdas, when I said to him just months before he left, I said, why did you not listen to the guru who said, Neem Karoli Baba, do not talk about me in America? But that's all you did. And he said, well... I was given this jewel. I could do nothing but share it with everybody, you know. <laughs> so that compulsion, right, which is at the root of we are all, ha- we all have that. Sometimes with many of us in this world, as we can see by virtue of some of the absolute horror that's going on, it's fairly buried, you know, amidst power and... and uh, greed and so on and so forth but uh but it's there and we need to, i don't I'm, I'm starting to pontificate you usually stop me i'm not stopping I, you i like it i just want to say that we it does take action when you feel like you you want to have this you have this intention and you want to make it real you know on a day-to-day basis it requires mindfulness it requires some practice of of moving away from just the constant flow the movie of me you know yeah to the movie of we um and i uh, so we're pretty much at close you got to go on stage here soon i think yeah um so uh, this is uh the last quote in the book and it's i'm uh, dancing tonight if you guys are wondering Oh, are you? I I'm in know. Salt Lake City. I'm doing like Chippendale stuff now. <laughs> Ever since I got off Sugar Man, I'm pretty ripped. So <laughs> turn, turns out That's there's right. a little more money in uh, exotic dancing than yeah, stand up. There is so stand up, yeah. Kind of taking true. a career change. So this is from Ramdas, who quotes Albert Einstein. And this is the essence of everything we hope people will come to, including ourselves. A human being is part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts, and his feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a prison, restricting us to our personal desires and affection for a few persons nearest us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Wow. That's cool. Albert Einstein. That's amazing. He really said that? 
Well, Ramdas said he said it, so I'm going to believe him. I don't care if he didn't say it. It's the, no, the reality. said it. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like, I'll yeah. take that over the theory of relativity any day of the week. <laughs> it is the real re- re- theory of relativity, I think. Anyhow, we hope everybody does uh, get something of that uh, in this audio book, the movie of me, the yeah. movie of we. And uh, by the way, when whenever you're promoting the me, <laughs> this, you and I, remember to say, go to movie of me, because from there you can navigate wherever and you can have samples that you see the story of how we did this and how it came together. Cool. So okay. movieofme.com. So movie everybody, me.com. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Everybody, we're uh, happy to be here. And these days, happy to be anywhere, as Keith Richards says. That's my favorite quote from Keith. Uh, And we will see you next time on Mind Roll. See you next time. Thanks for having me on, Raghu. Yeah, and check out, of course, I don't have to say it, Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Yeah, please do. Thank you, Raghu. Thanks for, and also thank you for putting this thing together. You did all the heavy lifting, man. Thank you so much. I had a lot of help. It was great. And it's been enjoyable. And I'm glad, you know, we're getting, it just came out, uh, what, it's a couple of weeks ago. And people are enjoying we're hearing. So that's great. Great. Bye. Bye.